This is the Partnership Podcast, where we bring you all things business from the Vale Valley, including business news, current issues, advocacy alerts, community conversations, and more. Presented by Vale Valley Partnership. Welcome to the Partnership Podcast. This is Chris Romer, President and CEO of Vale Valley Partnership. I have the honor of being joined today by Heath Harmon, Eagle County Public Health Director. Heath, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. And let's talk about what's happening locally with regards to this um, rising, the rising case of COVID and the risk of moving into the um, orange category on the state dial. And give us a little insight onto what's going on, if you would. Uh, I'll be happy to. Um, and first, uh, thanks for the opportunity um, to actually chat about this. Um, I think things are evolving pretty quickly. So um, I think for all of our listeners, what I would offer up is um, what I'm covering today is sort of what's been happening this week. Um, but chances are it's going to change dramatically by the time we get into the next week. But um, what we've been seeing is pretty sharp increase. I think most folks probably have been seeing this, have been hearing about it, uh, but just trying to kind of um, put um, maybe put some numbers to it. Um, you know, we've been in the yellow um, for quite some time on the state's dial um, and the state that state dial has um, a threshold of uh, upwards of 175 cases per 100,000 um, in our community. And, um, and so realistically, what we've unfortunately done here is in the past two weeks, um, we've gone from a place comfortably in that yellow, um, quite honestly, to the far um, upper threshold of orange, um, pushing towards red. Long story short, we've got a lot of transmission that's happening. We're not the only community where we're seeing this. Um, unfortunately, counties throughout the state and throughout the country right now are going through a lot of um, those same concerning trends. I think one thing that we've seen more recently is an increase in hospitalizations. You know, when we had a spike back in July and August, we didn't have the hospitalizations. It was a younger age group that was really driving some of the transmission then. But right now, um, over the past two weeks, we've had about seven hospitalizations of our Eagle County community members. Um, and I think more concerning is um, hospitals along the front range um, and still along the Western slope um, are now starting to, to shut down because um, there are so many patients that are actually in those hospitals. So even though um, we might not have a lot of people in, you know, hospitalized right now here in uh, Eagle County, it's really concerning for us because all of a sudden, anybody that needs a higher level of care um, for anything, whether it's COVID or whether they get into an auto accident or they have a stroke, um, right now, the medical system throughout the state of Colorado is really stressed. And so that higher level of care um, is really in jeopardy. It's really challenging. And so I think right now, what I really want folks to understand is like, we're, we're at this point in time that we actually need to be able to change things around as rapidly as we can as a community, not only because it is taxing our medical system, but let's face it, um, it's a really important community goal for us to keep kids in school. And that also is becoming um, sort of something that is jeopardized. So um, and I don't even want to talk about what this looks like, or I can't wait to hear from you as it relates to businesses and thinking about the ski season, but so much is looming just in front of us. And unfortunately, we're seeing such a concerning trend. Yeah. And thanks, Heath. The, the ongoing increase, uh, and you mentioned, and a number of counties have moved into the orange, including mm -hmm. our neighbors in Summit County and, and others throughout the state. It's not, it's not isolated to any one part of the state, right? Jefferson County, Summit County, numerous others. And I think the, the real concern from a business standpoint is the uncertainty that that creates both for an employee and workforce 
standpoint, but also from a visitor standpoint and what, what will it mean to our visitor economy? Um, I know there's a lot of uncertainty out there. There's a lot of um, frustration from the business community in terms of um, not knowing what the winter is going to look like and not being able to predict what traditional demand might look like. And I think it's, it's going to be, it's really incumbent on all of us, right? Not, yeah. not public health officials, not a hospital staff, but the entire community. And I think led by the employer community, I think employers have a really important role here to play in terms of communication, in terms of messaging to their staff and their customers to avoid large gatherings, right? I think our community is doing a pretty good job with wearing masks and kudos to Vale for, for passing a mask ordinance in the village to have consistency with the mountain. That consistency from a guest standpoint, I think is really important. Uh, but most importantly, we're, I think, and, and please jump in here. Yeah. We are seeing the um, rising incidences and through the contact tracing, it's coming back to large private gatherings. Mm-hmm. It's not typically being spread in schools and business and things, but rather these large gatherings. So we need to kind of tamp down over the next month or more to avoid those gatherings. And really, I know how hard it is. And I recognize it's so easy to say and so hard to do with the holidays and things, but we're, most of this is being spread in, in private gatherings. Is that right? It, it totally is. It totally is. And, and, and they're not just, um, you know, it's, it's gatherings of all sizes, right? So, um, you know, a recent um, revision to the state public health order was um, really reducing the number in terms of how many people could attend a gathering. It's at 10, no matter what level you're in right now, but also reducing then the number of households, right? Because realistically, when you see five households, that's a lot more households, a lot more, um, you know, families and potentially kids that might be impacted, which then cascades into that school environment as well. But um, but you're right. Um, it's it's not only it, it. We need to think about it from a perspective of small gatherings, large gatherings, especially, all present a risk right now. Um, and even look, let's face it. Right now, there's so much transmission in our community that you might want to invite over um, a couple of different households, really close friends. You have a lot of trust um, for those friends in terms of how they are. Um, uh, uh, taking precautions, but right now there's so much transmission in our community. Even those individuals, those settings, um, are are presenting a risk. Um, unfortunately, you know, with about um, a week behind us since Halloween, um, we are now seeing the results of some of those Halloween gatherings. We know of a, a number of different gatherings, unfortunately, that took place in the community. Um, some very clearly um, in violation of the public health orders, but unfortunately, also within those events. Um, we're seeing scores of, of people now starting to develop illness. And, and we're only finding out about it now because people are sick. It's starting to impact um, the individual, impact their social circle. Um, and within this community, let's face it, um, a lot of individuals that are gonna be hanging out together in social settings also work together in the same workplace setting. So we know of a number of businesses that have actually had to shut down because of the number of people that got sick relative to a gathering outside of work or the number of people that are quarantined because of that gathering outside of work. And so it, it really is interesting and unfortunate that we're seeing this ripple effect that those social gatherings are, it's, it's not just about your own personal risk tolerance. Unfortunately, your risk tolerance um, is also having an impact on businesses. It is having an impact on schools where we're seeing more and more quarantines associated in those environments. But um, just to maybe loop back around, um, 
because people are always interested to understand where are we seeing this? But you talked about schools and I have to just say like in, in the eight to nine weeks that we've had with schools back in session, you know, we are not seeing schools play a significant role or any role in that transmission. It doesn't mean that things can't fall through the gaps from time to time, but bottom line, I would just say schools actually present one of our safer environments for the community. And that's because they've worked so hard on putting together all of these protocols. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that because the, the risk of any community in Colorado, and in our case, Eagle County, um, not changing our behavior in the immediate time period right now, with, with regards to gatherings and to, to squash the spread, um, it puts school at risk, right? And then that impacts the entire workforce and that impacts mental health and that impacts behavioral health right. and that impacts local businesses. I mean, there's so much downstream impact um, from this and the repercussions of not getting the numbers under control you know, I, I think as we, as we had, we had Halloween, you mentioned that a week ago, mm -hmm. and then there's Thanksgiving and then there's Hanukkah and then there's Christmas and New Year's and the calendar, the calendar is almost structured in such a way that it's like, um, you're in the ring with Mike Tyson during his prime and it's like gut punch, gut punch. It's like a COVID gauntlet from the, yeah. from here through the rest of this year. It is just holiday after holiday after holiday. And let's, Every holiday we have had since this virus has been in this world um, has resulted in significant increases. And it's all, again, back to the gatherings. We, don't, we just don't have the benefit of being outside anymore, right? right? Because everybody's coming back inside. These are enclosed environments. Um, so we're closer and we see all respiratory illnesses actually have higher transmission levels in the wintertime. And so it's really treacherous out there. Yeah, and from my perspective, um, and, and granted, I'm, I'm biased as the director of the Chamber of Commerce and invested in helping our businesses succeed and be positioned for a successful winter. And I come at it from that bias. But I think as we sit here today, the single most impactful thing that our community can do to support our businesses, and this community is very supportive of small businesses, 80% yeah. of our businesses have less than 10 employees. 90% of our businesses have less than 20 employees. We are a community where we know that our neighbors run local businesses. Our neighbors mm -hmm. own their own businesses. They're managers at our banks and they're teachers in our schools and they're frontline workers in our hospitals and grocery stores. We see these people at the post office and our kids play sports together. Yeah. That's the beauty of a community like ours. And we are very supportive. Uh, the philanthropic community, the local community altogether is very supportive of our local businesses. The single most important thing we can do to support our local businesses is to avoid those social gatherings, yeah. period. Because they can't, they won't have the employees, they won't be able to succeed if we keep, if we don't modify our behavior and we keep having these gatherings, we need to set up our businesses for success and again, that's the, that's the chamber guy in me speaking. Now the parent in me speaking says, what happens if our kids can't play sports? What yeah. happens if our kids have to be home? I know how hard it was for my kiddo and many of, of her friends um, back in the spring. And right. being on that trajectory, 
frankly, really, really scares me. It scares me for our businesses. It scares me for the mental health of our community. It scares me for the well-being of our kids. And it's, it's right here in front of us. We know how to stop it. Now we have the choice as to whether or not we do. I, I couldn't agree more, right? Um, you know, it, it, it's amazing how um, the impacts that we could see among youth and kids um, and within a school setting has that, that ripple effect. And it, it, will, it, it will touch, eventually it will touch a component, um, a business sector or something um, that is important to each and every one of us. Even if we don't have kids, eventually it will catch up to us. And as you just described, those numbers in terms of how many of our businesses um, are in that 10 employees or less or 20 employees or less, good grief. You know, when when one person or two people get sick from one of those businesses, those exposures that are unfortunately still going to probably happen in the workplace because you can actually expose and, and be infectious two days before symptoms even develop. So even, even for somebody who is doing everything right but has gotten exposed and they're still in the workplace, you know, they potentially could still be in that workplace for two days before they even know that they're they're infected, right? So I think it just has that that tremendous impact. And the one thing I've learned um, in my time here in Eagle County, which is still relatively short, I arrived here in January, um, is that everybody knows everybody, right? And so that's the unfortunate piece that I keep seeing here is that the social gatherings, um, you know, everybody at least. A handful of people at these social gatherings know those business owners. They they know they're they're community members with those business owners, um, and I don't necessarily know that we always see that impact. That actually, some of these social gatherings and, and those choices that we're making have that negative impact on people that we really care about. Um, and so I think what what we're talking about here is um, we need to do an awful lot to always protect our vulnerable populations, right? So um, our older adults um, or anybody with underlying health conditions, we've talked about that since March and April. Um, but I think right now I would offer up that our businesses are pretty darn vulnerable too. And getting into a ski season, really important, right? To help um, bolster, um, I think, some of that um, economic gain. We saw some good rebounds over the summer, maybe more than what we were expecting, which was great. But um, at this point in time, um, those, those visitors, they're traveling, um, in a very narrow window, you know, they're not booking their trips, right? 30 days, 60 days in advance. It might be seven days at best. And I think based on the research I have seen 70% or more of those individuals are taking a look at what is happening with COVID in that community. And they're just wanting to make sure at least that there's some protocols. So again, um, you know, I think one of the things that we can do for all of our businesses is bring sort of this disease spread back into a low and slow kind of space that'll give a lot of confidence to the consumer because we want them, those consumers to come to our community, right? Um, but we want it to be done in a safe and helpful way. And I think some of the mask mandates out there are um, a step in the right direction. That continuity from uh, the village core to the actual slopes makes an awful lot of sense. But, um, you know, I'm I'm hearing from Vail Resorts. I'm hearing from Vail Health. I'm hearing from you at BVP. I'm hearing from a lot of folks, um, you know, the school district. Honestly, uh, a lot of us are all in the same position. So this is really an opportunity for all of our community leadership to come together and say, this isn't a public health decision. This is a community decision um, that we need to get this under control. Yeah. And let's expand on that a little bit and let's yeah. talk Specifically, I know that um, I've been getting some inquiries, um, some emails, some phone calls, some text messages, some 
frantic, panicked. Yeah. Um, call me immediately. Um, <laughs> because there's a little bit of a rumor out there that there's an impending closure. And, and I know you've been clear with me offline that at this point in time, there is no impending closure. Like we're, we're threatened to move to orange and our yeah. numbers are moving in the wrong direction. But at this point, there's no impending closure from a public health standpoint. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's correct. But I, I also need to be clear, like um, when we started to talk about there's no impending closure um, a little bit more than a week ago, because we had a lot of questions as well. Um, our disease numbers were in a very different place, um, right? So they would have been maybe... 200 to 250 cases per 100,000, whereas yesterday we were at 324. All right, so 350 is the threshold um, for going from orange into red. So unfortunately, um, we continue to move um, not only in the wrong direction, but we're moving really at a at a at a tremendous pace um, towards that space. So anyway, um, we've been notified by the state health department. Um, our partners there have told us that. Um, that basically our numbers moving fast enough that we need to be thinking about implementing um, some mitigative actions as quickly as possible to try to at minimum level level off um, before we continue to increase um, sort of deeper into, or I should say into the red. Um, so I would say this, um, you know, I, I don't know how we want to define impending, you know, um, I would just offer that our numbers are moving towards the red we're being asked to implement mitigative actions. A lot of those mitigative actions are probably going to look similar to moving into that, that orange level. That's not exactly closing down. That's definitely reducing a lot of the capacity. So any place where we've seen capacity at 50%, that's going to drop to 25%. That's going to impact retail. It's going to impact offices. It's going to impact restaurants. It's going to impact places of worship. Um, you know, And so those are the pieces that we want to, to avoid. And quite frankly, um, with how quickly the numbers are moving, I don't know that the state's going to wait very long um, for us to have that conversation. And, and this, I don't want to pin this on the state either. This is what our community is looking like. And you're right, I think seven or eight communities yesterday um, moved into the orange. Um, and so they're facing some of those um, reductions right now, um, Summit County being one of them, Mesa County being another one. So we're seeing it on the Western Slope. And, and this is our, our that, that, that window was narrow like a week and a half ago when we first really started to communicate about it. Um, and now that window is just about shut. Yeah, it's, it's so thank you. And thank you for being completely candid about that. I mean, we have the, op and I'm just going to reinforce what you said. We have the ability to be the reason we have a season. Like it's in our control, right? Like we need to, we need to recognize that these numbers are growing very quickly. Our numbers are growing faster than they can count ballots, and that's that's an unfortunate uh, unfortunate reality as we sit here. Um, we wish it were as slow as the counting in, say, Nevada, but it's not. It's much faster, and we need to. Sorry for the political joke. That was a nonpartisan political joke. That was, that's just that's reality. It's timely. It, it is reality. We have the need to really recognize that this is a big deal. And um, I think everybody in this community recognizes the need to support our small businesses, to have a successful ski season, to keep our kids in school, 
And, and all of that is at risk if we don't modify our behavior right now. Yep, that's it. And, and unfortunately, not only do we need to modify that behavior right now, um, it, it, it gets a little bit harder, right? Because we're indoors. Let's, let's face it in the wintertime again, respiratory illnesses, whether it's um, SARS-CoV-2, you know, the virus that causes COVID, um, or if it's influenza or some other respiratory illness, they all spread more easily in the wintertime. The lack of humidity just, it, it really allows those viral particles to stay um, in the air a lot longer. So people come into contact with them much more frequently. So not only is it hard enough because the numbers are going up, but let's face it, it's, it's getting harder because of the winter. And then it'll get even harder in the next couple of weeks when Thanksgiving's upon us and we've done nothing yet. So um, one thing I would walk, maybe offer up I don't want to be um, sort of like just no, 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 no uh, on, on everything, right? I think realistically, let's face it, social um, interaction, super important. That's who we are as human beings. We need that social interaction, um, whether um, whether you're a kid in school or whether um, you know, you're know you an older adult that is retired. We need that social interaction. Um, and so I think what I'm wanting to say is like, don't cut those ties. I think we just need to do it differently. Right. So I had um, somebody talk about a really good idea the other day that I'll share. Um, and so this individual said, look, you know what? I know what is happening with the virus in our community right now. And so instead of jeopardizing myself, my family and my friends that I do want to have this interaction with, I'm, I'm shrinking the numbers, um, which is great. Um, only going to invite one household over at a time. And what they've actually done is um, they've moved some of their furniture into the garage. They open up that garage door, they get some ventilation, but you have a lot more space um, where it doesn't feel as small or as enclosed. And they're actually having some of these um, appropriate social gatherings, small, um, just two households, no more than that, but doing it in a way that is, um, I think, feeding our soul, right? Because let's face it, our friendships, our family, all that super important. So I just wanted to share that there are ways that we can still have social interaction where it doesn't always have to be by Zoom, um, but let's face it, virtual by our computer, that's the only way for me to connect with my family anyway, who's back on the East Coast. So I'm familiar with it. Yeah, it's, we, we just need to modify that behavior and we do need to, there are ways to be creative. I, I love that example of the, of the garage. And I, as we wrap up here, Heath, um, there, and, and probably a relatively quick answer to this question, but there's a lot of what's been termed pandemic fatigue, um, going on. And we've, we've been dealing with this now as a, as a country, as a community dating back to March. And I know the health officials have been dealing with it even longer than that, but what's your what's your quick response to people who have that pandemic fatigue where they're just, they're tired of hearing about it. They've either, they've gotten sick earlier or they haven't gotten sick yet. And they're like, I just want to get sick and get it over with. And what's your answer to that pandemic fatigue? And why is it important for us to avoid those large gatherings and wear the mask and wash our hands and get a flu shot and all that yeah, you know, um, first I, I would validate that fatigue. It's it's real, um, and um, that said, uh, unfortunately, I think it's time for us 
um, to kind of kick it into that next gear. I, I'm almost thinking of this as like sort of we're running a marathon and, you know, you're kind of starting to feel like a, a little stitch in your side or you're starting to bonk and, you know, mile 16 or 18, um, somehow you get a little bit more refreshment, a little bit more energy in your system and you finish the race. It's, it's time for us to finish this race. Um, and that, that race will take us maybe to a vaccine. It'll take us to improved medical treatments. It'll take us to a place where we have that flexibility again. But I got to tell you, um, you know, the reason it's so important right now is because all that fatigue has really gotten us into this place as a nation. Um, and we're not the only one. Europe's seeing the same thing, but it's gotten us to a place where it gets a lot harder. And let's face it, um, you know, if, if it's really just about um, taking one or two sort of extra precautions um, when the disease is at a lower level, there might still be some flexibility. But right now, you know, we're, loony, we're losing that flexibility in terms of how we have to respond to this as a community. Um, but I think that's how I would try to kind of equate it. Let's, let's get some, um, you know, some additional energy in our system and let's try to finish this race um, as strong as we started it because we started it super strong as a community together. Yeah, Heath, that's a, it's a great example. Um, I remember hitting that wall right around mile 18 when I ran a marathon and it, it, was, it was brutal. And it was a little bit unexpected because you do all the training, you do all the right stuff, et cetera, et cetera. And then it's like, holy moly, I don't know that I, don't know that I can do this. And you find that those reserves and it's time for, for our community to find those reserves and um, do everything we can to keep our kids in school, to keep our kids playing sports, to keep our um, local businesses open and, and ensure that, that we are the reason for the season. Um, Heath Harmon, Eagle County Public Health Director, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us on the Partnership Podcast. Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you all soon. Be sure to subscribe to the Partnership Podcast on whatever platform you're listening right now and find more resources at valevalleypartnership.com.